Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God is faithful to his word. And when you're faithful to his word, supernatural results take place. It's all about faithfulness. His faithfulness and you responding to his faithfulness will make you faithful. Spending time with God, you know, that's what they said about uh, the apostles in the book of Acts. It said they could tell they were with Jesus. You could always tell when a good Christian is spending time in prayer and they're in genuine faith. There's a righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost that's evident. It, it, it depends on their temperament, too. Their expression is not going to be some manic. You know, you got, their, you got the four basic temperaments. You got the, uh, the uh, cleric. You got the sanguine. You got the melancholy. And you got the uh, phlegmatic. You got extroverts and introverts. And a whole lot of <clears throat> variables in between. Combinations of that. And some people are just site-specific on their when they come out of their shell. But there's a common denominator for those who are spending time with the Lord, that know the Lord. There's a godliness with contentment. There's a, uh, uh, a faith in their eye. There's a joy. They know who they are. They know where they're going. And they know who they're going with. And there's a peace in that. There's a joy in that. A calmness. When things come their way to try to blind spot them, blindside them, it's just, uh, oh, okay, well, God's working that out. I declare and decree it. You know, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. In other words, you, you have uh, accepted your, call, your genuine ordained place and you are responding to it. You love God and you responded to your calling. You're stirring your gifts and your calling. What's rolling, in my, what's rolling around in my spirit uh, this, at this recording is actually Christmas morning 2023. And what's rolling around in my spirit right now, there's, there's times when people, <laughs> you know, they, they said you got your family you were born into and you got, you got your chosen family. Especially as you become an adult. Uh, as well as the, the whole being born again and having a fellowship and a family, forsaking all for Christ, whatever you lost, whatever rejection you endured from the world, Jesus himself said, you will get back in this life, mothers and fathers and bro- sisters and brothers and, and uh, lands and so on. You really do reap what you sow. And if you sowed that to be loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ and you were persecuted and excommunicated with your biological family, 
You got your heavenly family. You got your spiritual family. And then there are those who were born into, there's a whole lot of variables in, in this category as well, is you're born into a Christian home and you did some shenanigans. You did some stuff. And then, of course, a lot of uh, what I refer to as outer court churches full of gossip mongers and talebearers and, you know, busybodies and amplifying. Maybe it was, you know, level one sin. Maybe, you know, whatever it was. Doesn't even really matter what it was. And the whole grapevine just went on fire and created a stigma over your name. And the devil's lying to you because now you're unforgiven. You really messed up. You'll never fulfill your calling. No. You recognize that the gifts and callings are without repentance, but I'm just not worthy. Well, none of us are worthy within ourselves. It's the blood. The blood makes us worthy. That's the confession of Jesus, confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the shepherd of your, your soul, the author and the finisher of your faith. So yeah, maybe you, you messed up and, uh, and the devil's telling you that you're unforgiven, you've committed the impartable sin, you've... You're ne- or, or at least, you know, God does forgive me, but I could never, you know, I could never fulfill, receive it because I shipwrecked my faith. I've gone too far. I've gone too far. And everybody else is endorsing that. Everybody else is treating you a certain way. Everything you say and do is like, ugh, there's an attitude response to it. Ah, just, just, you know, okay. They say your name with a tone in their voice. Rejection, 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 condemnation. And with that in mind, remember his death, burial, and resurrection. Remember that he went to the deepest depths of hell and paid your hell debt. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. You know, there's there's a, a theology and church tradition talks about the the unpartable sin. I think it's a. I don't think that's the right wording for it. Because if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If there is an unpardonable sin, then that would negate that scripture. And if you are scripture only and scripture uh, is, has its absolute preeminence over you, I guess you're a fundamentalist. <laughs> then your sins are forgiven the moment you confess them. You know, Jesus talked about the uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and basically what the blasphemy is speaking ill of the work of God. 
That's the devil. And Jesus said, you know, speaking against the Father will be forgiven. Speaking against the Son will be forgiven. Speaking against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. It's not, it's unable, unpardonable. It's a decision. And what you're really doing, what the, the, the individuals are really doing is bearing thorns and thistles and unconfessing Christ as Savior, unconfessing the grace of God. Paul himself said, I blasphemed, but I, did it, I found mercy because I did it in ignorance. If you're a Christian and a sincere Christian, a sincere believer, and you said some stupid stuff, and you're grieved over it, and you're repented over it, you are not unforgiven. Maybe this is rolling around in my spirit because this season is when people go and they visit their families and if they're ultra-religious and they say stupid, hypercritical, hypocritical stuff to you and they tear you down and demoralize you. Really don't know how you could convince yourself you love your, your family when you do that. I'm not, I don't, you're, the, the God of this world has blinded your eyes. But I'm speaking to those who are enduring that nonsense. You know, it, it's, it's easier when the family is abusive physically, even overtly, uh, verbally or psychologically. You can just say, okay, I forgive you, but I'm staying away from you. I don't have to go back into the situation. I have to forgive, but I don't have to reconcile and I don't have to sit here. I'm an adult. I can leave. You don't need to sit under there. The David didn't sit and wait for the spear to impale him. He moved out of the way and fled to Guinea and other places, which is actually, a, a, to this day, a beautiful oasis. God has a beautiful oasis to get away from your jacked up family and jacked up relationships. Starts in the secret place. And then it goes out to the inner court, which is the local church. The outer court, which is uh, the uh, community of believers. And even to the highways and byways in evangelism. That's the, the, the ever overflowing love of God. He, our cup filleth up and runneth over from the secret place to the highways and byways. But you got fellowship. You got fellowship in the Spirit with other with the Lord Himself, which is everything but also with your, your brothers and sisters. And, and, and there are elder brothers and sisters that become your spiritual mama and papa, uh, your 
your pastorship, as well as elders in the body that are solid in the word and love, rooted and grounded in love. It's not enough just to quote scriptures, even though I think it's we're seemingly we're, I feel like we're getting away from. You know, it's it's a good thing to learn things by rote. Ask any martial artist; every every move they do is by rote. Uh, you know, in a physical way, uh, creating a physical uh, a muscle memory. You don't stop there, though. That's what a lot of religious does. They do a lot of rituals and liturgy, and and that's all they're at. That's just a head thing. But you you keep going, <laughs> keep edifying yourself in the spirit. Feed your spirit. In this book of the law, you shall meditate day and night. And those other people who do that, we, they, we find fellowship with one another. It doesn't matter what family you were born into. It matters what the family you were born again into. Because it boils down to one thing in this fallen age. There's two families, two spiritual families. And when you're dealing with people who are spiritually dead and controlled by their sinful nature... And, uh, you know, I don't want to go into the theology stuff. of uh, It would just it would take too long. Is, uh, you know, they're dead spiritually. Therefore, their spirit has a sinful nature and influenced by the devil. They can be demon-possessed in their spirit. We believers cannot. We can be oppressed if we allow it, if we don't renew our mind. For not worshipers and dwellers in the secret place and cultivate a life of word and worship and prayer and, and, and faith command, as I call it. We got authority. And sometimes we veer off and that's the, that's the power of the fellowship of the local church. You got brothers and sisters that when, when you're around them and their faith level is greater than yours and you're, you're now inspired to live and walk and move by faith. You hang out with a bunch of worldly people. Uh, um, you know, there's certain things where you have no choice in the matter, especially in your young, younger years. That's why I have a big heart for outreach and youth outreach centers to, for kids to go to a safe haven uh, that establishes the canon of the word of God and a right way of doing and being, especially during a time of weird hormonal changes and, and not being rooted within yourself, your identity. To have literally Holy Ghost-powered peer pressure to walk by faith, rooted and grounded in love. That's, that's, that helped me in my younger years. And I thought I was, and after a while when I got in the flesh and kind of backslid, I thought I missed out. I didn't miss anything. But you are not unforgiven. You have a heart that's, uh, what, is the, what is the sacrifice? Psalm 51. David says, have mercy on me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a, a right spirit, a steadfast spirit within me. 
I'm blending translations there. <clears throat> but, uh, uh, you know, what does it also say? What do you want? You want a broken and a contrite heart. When you're in that stage, when you realize you've made a mistake, that, that, that's the, the broken and a, and, a, and a contrite heart, a sincere grievance is a, a, an acceptable sacrifice to the Lord in that situation. Now, you don't want to stay there. You don't want to be flipping about this. This is holy. When you confess your sin, you're confessing it with a broken and a contrite heart. Even if you said some stupid things about God, got mad at God, and you said some stuff, and you hate the way you, I hate the way you made me, and I hate what's going on, I hate the family I was born into, and I, I hate you, God, and you know, and you're, 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 you, you cuss God out. I've had people talk to me about that, where like, I just cussed God out, I was so mad because this happened to me, and, and some horrible stuff really happened to these people. And God, like a good parent, you know, a little toddler in the in the grocery store throws themselves on the floor because they didn't get their, you know, their sugar candy that they wanted. And they really just needed a nap. Just stays calm, picks the child up, brings the child out to the car. Because everything's got to stop. Take them home. Get them hydrated. Clean them out because they're on that filthy floor. <laughs> And you reset. And even though it's a taxation of the the patience of the earthly parent, how much more God Almighty, his patience, his mercy, we don't despise it because we remember what he's given us. And therein lies the rub for a lot of religious people. The, the, the lack of patience for others. The lack of love. Now, I get it. You've got to confront people who come in and try to take over. You've got to confront stuff in, the, in truth and love in a gracious way, especially if you're courting unbelievers. You can't just be a, a religious dictator and, and, and you, there, there's a way of doing things. In Holy Ghost class, calmness, composure. Even when people are saying really stupid stuff, you just keep your composure. You put that mantle on that you're anointed, especially if you're in a pastorship or you're an evangelist dealing with people who are saying hideous stuff about God. Why did God allow this? Why did God allow that? Why go on and on and on? But this fallen, you know, blaming God for what the devil does and what free will agent human beings choose to do. It's ridiculous. Free will is, is really, uh, that's the biggest therein lies the rub. Because everybody's got a free will choice. And God will not violate your free will choice. 
if you choose to not value the holy things of God, you choose not to value the the one thing that's needful, as Jesus said to, to Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled by so many things. But Mary has chosen, and I'm paraphrasing, the essentials of existence. And it will not be taken from her. She ignored Martha. Now, Martha was doing the customary thing. And you got people in the house. You got to make food. You got to do preparations. You got to, you know, I mean, the, the Jewish culture was all about hospitality and, and how you treat uh, your, your fellow, really your cousins. It's family. The entire nation is a big, big family. And, and there's Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the word, ignoring her sister. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to shut everything down, let the dishes be in the sink, and sit and listen to the word. Because that is everything. And when other people are trying to pull you away and keep you busy and pile up on you, busyness, 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 well, you've successfully missed it. Sure, I believe there's a, there's a very godly thing about doing things heartily unto the Lord and doing your chores and keeping a clean house. And God's a God of order, organizer stuff. Got too much, give it away. Give it away, sell it away, throw it away. <laughs> if you're not using it, don't pay rent for it. That's not a scripture, that's just me talking. Uh, however, uh, it, it's to functionalize yourself so that you can keep and maintain uh, a prayer life an inner life that's constantly acknowledging the Lord and he shall direct your path. He'll tell you what to do. And being led is probably the most essential thing you can uh, learn by the Holy Spirit, by the way. Through the Word, you'll know the Holy Spirit through the Word. That's why we're all. That's why we're sticklers for the Word, so that we're not deceived. So anyway, you're not unforgiven because if you're broken and contrite, or you're just like, "Whoa, I've gotten off. I'm hard-hearted." There's a, a song by. Uh, Keith Green, back in the day, young man. He passed away, I think, in his, it was 27. He was in a plane crash. Um, talk about being led and the importance of hiring the right people. But uh, he wrote a song about, My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold. And I know how I ought to be alive to you and dead to me. Oh, what can be done with a hard heart like mine? 
soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. And the wine is the blood. Something like that. It's been a while since I've heard that song. But uh, that's, that's what you got to get to. And as we enter in 2024, and you're, you, it's a good thing to set apart a season of fasting and, and prayer and, and shutting off the TV, shutting off all the, the busyness from the holiday season and kind of do a little bit of a purge. Not even kind of, do a purge. <laughs> Take a breather from all the drama of family and weirdness and drama at work and even at church. And get into that secret place. Shut down all the unessential stuff. That's what really fasting is. It's shutting down the biology. It's shutting down the natural. You're you're getting alone with the Lord and 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 honoring Him and hallowed be Thy name. Hold, you know, you're honoring Him and you're asking for your daily bread and you're asking for. Uh, you know, not to be led into temptation, and you're you're forgiving those. You know, and you're asking for forgiveness in the areas, and and you know, generally speaking, which is great. You know, I grew up Catholic, and so we, you know, the reason why I know the Lord's Prayer by 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 rote because I've done it since childhood. But that is a parameter that you keep in your prayer closet, as as I've said before. And kind of, and just get in there, detox, renew your mind of the who, the what, and the where you are in Christ Jesus, forgiven of your sins. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Even if you just had a really bad day, I was, uh, I feel like I passed a test on Christmas Eve, but I, it was more like a C minus performance. Just a couple of missteps. Timing was slightly off. Got back on it, you know. But uh, get your eyes off it, you know. Get your eyes off of all the busyness and the hype. And once you've done your your sort of familiar duty with people that you were born into, get back into the secret place of the Holy Ghost and 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 uh, renew your mind. And this is the season to request direction from the Lord for this year and in years to come. What's my agenda for this year? What? Let me evaluate myself. Let me look at my notes over the, the past 12 months. What are the things that I... Let's be, get honest with yourself. Most people, it's going to be, I was too busy. I was too this. I was too that. I was too distracted. 
I didn't spend enough time with my God, my spouse, my, my, my family, my family in the spirit. How can I, how can I uh, stop from being so busy or driven by other people? I think that's the biggest key is if you can be free, be free, as the Bible says. He's talking, Paul was talking about slavery, but even even just apply that to your job if you you know if you can be free be self employed be free so you can actually spend more quality time with your the loved one of your life l'amore della mia vita in italiano and then the loves of your life, your, your spouse, your family, that the heart of the father return to the child and the heart of the child return to the father. This is a, it's, a, it, it's good to set aside your firsts. It's a tithe. It's a first fruit dynamic. I'm giving the first month over to you, Lord. I want to make this whole lump holy by give it by committing it the first lump to you. So that the rest can can be I'm making better decisions, operating in better modus operandi with rooted and grounded in love, biblically sound, full of faith and and operating in the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. So no matter what comes our way this next year, we're full of God. Lead us not into temptation, but even if you get tempted in something, you're so full of God and the word, the more the, more the devil tries to squeeze you, the more word comes out, and then eventually it has to back off and get away from you. Because persecution will come for the word's sake. But you keep, because it's trying to get that word uh, out of you. Well, let it overflow out of you into his face. (laughs) All right, I've spoken enough. Remember, you're not unforgiven. If you're concerned and you're grieved, Know this, that God is the strength of your life. Even if your heart is overwhelmed, even if your heart fails, God is the strength of your life. So I committed to you, Lord, and I trust you. And I, I, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of speaking against you, speaking ill of you, hypercriticizing you and others. You've done no wrong. And if the others have done wrong, God, I just plead mercy on it. And uh, uh, forgive, I forgive my trespassers as, and, and I trust that you forgive me of my trespasses. Once you're humble enough to recognize that you got some mistakes, you're going you're gonna to be able to go, okay, that's a little bit better of a view of things. I want to go ahead and give some mercy to other people. Stop talking bad about them. Stop critiquing them. Hypercritiquers, there's just something amiss there. They forgot that they were forgiven. 
while they were yet sinners, Christ died for them. Humility, honor, love, holiness through holy love, through your holy love walk. You're not going to do ill to other people. And you're going to have a right concept of who you are. You're not going to get big britches. Then you need to go around telling other people what to do with themselves. And if you are presented with an opportunity, you don't judge people. They come to you and they confess something to you. You're gracious to them and you speak humility and sometimes you go, I dealt with this too, and I, I've, God's helped me in this area. You're, you're pointing the goodness and the grace of God, pointing them to God and keep their eyes on the Lord and his mercy and his goodness and his ability to restore even when we mess up. That's the goodness of God. That's the good, that's gospel. Your sins are forgiven. God is in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not counting our trespasses against us. The Salvi 2 Core 5 campaign. Let it begin, Lord. First, first ministry you have is the ministry of comfort because the Holy Spirit is the great comforter. All right, peace and love as you work out your own salvation in Jesus' holy name. Amen.